Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and if you're brand new to this show, the show is all about a little one-on-one card game called Magic the Gathering. So on today's show, we brought on none other than Logan, aka Seraph6, who you probably know as Magic the Gathering's community IT guy, who is known for doing a lot of Discord work for a lot of Discord communities, as well as Twitch work. For a lot of other Twitch communities and has appeared a lot of times on Olivia Gobert Hicks stream as a commander player and just all well known like IT guy. So brought him on and we talked a lot of IT. There is some magic in there probably towards the end, but just a lot, a lot of, you know, if if IT is your thing and, you know, computer stuff, then this is going to be the episode for you. If not, then I'm sorry. But if you're interested in hearing like geeky IT stuff, then yeah, continue on listening. Um, before we get into it, um, this show can be supported by Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwithzuby. Um, I can also be found on Twitter at magicwithzuby, on Instagram at magic underscore with underscore zuby, on TikTok at mtgzuby. And you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com. And I can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify, as well as YouTube, if you're listening to this. And that is about it. We are also sponsored by Cardsphere.com, the best place to buy, trade, and sell your magic singles. So go ahead and sign up today and get to trading. So without further ado, let's give a big welcome to Logan. So hey everybody, it's Zuby here, and I've got Logan, aka Seraph Six, the Magic the Gathering like IT guy, the community <laughs> admin for Discord, and like everyone's IT person. Can you be my IT person too? Because I'm too lazy uh, to do it. <laughs> pretty, pretty much everybody's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you. It, it's been it. This has been coming because I originally reached out to you back in I think like either late December, early January, something like that, and. Yeah, to so have far, you come right? on the night we were supposed to record that's when my flood happened <laughs> I, I i remember i was in the office like right where i'm sitting now like getting the light all situated set up and and then my wife's screaming like there's water everywhere and just <laughs> oh my god dude it was a nightmare <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's all good. I mean, I I remember the first time you said you said that was happening, and we rescheduled. Then uh, you're like, I think I can do it this night, and then you're like, No, man, I'm sorry, I can't. Like, yeah, yeah well, well, because when the second time we were trying to reschedule, it it looked like the damage wasn't as bad as we thought it was, yeah. and then and then they had to come out and get um, was it the homeowners inspection person, and then they had to get a a water technician whatever the yeah. hell they're called and and inspect the damage like we had two people inspect damage and said yeah like your entire kitchen bathroom and half your office and your whole bedroom have to go <laughs> we're like oh fuck <laughs> oh god that's terrible oh dude it's been oh. it's been a year it's like we're, we're as of this recording we're like right at the very end of like everything we the only things we're waiting on is our new fridge, our our mm. new microwave that goes above the stove, and then they have to fix like two places where they missed on drywall, like small little corners and all that. But yeah, other than that, it's like it, it's like basically like ha like almost a new house essentially. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been something else. Oh yeah, how's your twenty twenty one been so far? Oh. 
it's been uh optimistic i think um well that's good just because the the clo the further we got in like you know starting it off and with the way things were out there oh was, yeah oh yeah especially if you're was, in the washington dc area it's pretty yeah. pretty shit it was it was it was a bit <laughs> scary hectic but oh, yeah. once things started like rolling out especially with the vaccination and all that it was it was feeling more and more optimistic especially when i got my my shot uh the first one um tomorrow actually is two weeks since my second shot so i oh, am nice uh as, as um tappy and our friend amber uh have been coining it fully marinated fully marinated i like that fully. so I, I, i've been sharing that on the office too <laughs> I, I like that one i like the one I, i'm getting my second shot tomorrow as of this nice. recording so yeah it was uh the, the day after for me was the, the second one was a little rough. I spent essentially the entire day in, in that recliner uh, oh, with damn. a fever from waking to sleeping. That, that's what I've heard. <laughs> and it's like shit. And I have to go into the office for once and work on Saturday. Yeah. I, I got to do a firewall upgrade. And well, um, so some people were completely fine. I like my my boss was completely fine after his second one. Uh, a couple friends like just no different than any other day how were uh, how were you on the first one after the first one? Oh, i was perfectly fine like my my arm was a little sore that was it but. see i had a weird reaction well I, I don't know about weird but like my arm hurt like hell for like oh, two yeah. three days and i just felt lethargic like just was, had uh, no energy but i, I had the moderna bruised oh, okay yeah I, I did uh they had pfizer where i was at yeah so um yeah it was just just felt a little bruised and I couldn't sleep on that side but uh yeah after the second one i could barely lift that arm and uh just body aches and and oh, I, I literally just laid there and watched netflix the entire day <laughs> nice and then sunday i was a little little tired uh and then uh th the third day I was, I was just back at it so nice well awesome awesome so Way better than the alternative <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah um yeah you're up in indiana still Mm -hmm. so um you know being in florida it's you know florida man everywhere i mean the, the pandemic has basically been over for over a year now and mm -hmm. um so it, it's I, I there's still people wearing masks and all that stuff but you're seeing it way and way less now now even with the vaccinations rolling out and yeah it's just as I, I still hate wearing the fucking mask but i'll still wear it <laughs> you know like yeah one one thing i do like that this is you know actually done like even going forward when we're past this pandemic is you know it won't feel so weird like having to wear a mask if you're out oh, yeah. sick or anything you know like with yeah. a cold or something like that or i i plan to most especially wear mine when i'm traveling on a plane or any kind of public transportation if i'm if i'm like once once uh, conventions are a thing wearing one uh maybe not like all the time in a convention center but uh especially when you're walking be, through those crowded areas like yeah. oh damn like if i'm yeah. gonna be going through the crowds or or whatnot uh heck this from the from the door to the table that you're gonna go sit at that's right that's good enough you're passing how many people how many hundreds or even thousands of people especially like you know i've gone to to gen con and those halls are packed the convention center oh, is packed yeah it, there's people everywhere and 
if you're just trying to get to a destination, you might as well just wear one. Um, we've all gotten used to it. It shouldn't be a, a stigma anymore to to wear that out and about. And yeah, no, it, God, it, if, it's gotten if you easier. Concred. That's yeah. That's pretty amazing. Because <laughs> oh, that dude. was a thing since way before all this. So. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. De- definitely don't miss that part of the cons. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. I hope GPs start up again soon or Magic Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe next year or something like that. Um, dude, I I was like, my wife and I were gonna go to GP Vegas last year and. Same. Just it was, it was gonna be my first Vegas. I was gonna go to both. Yep, mine uh, too. SCG cons. Uh, yeah. I think there was magic fest uh milwaukee i was gonna go to yeah there was one in like uh there was one in florida i think miami or fort lauderdale mm-hmm. or fort lauderdale or something i was gonna go to as well yeah, but the, the beginning of the year i had mapped it all out like yeah. where my vacation days were going and there were some parts where i was like crap i i want to go like a day early for some of these but there's no way that i could have enough vacation days and then i ended up i ended the year trying to use vacation days last year and still ended up rolling four over into this year <laughs> so oh, damn i'm like i went from not having enough to like where how could i hold all these vacation days oh dude i i'm the same way right now like my <laughs> boss basically I, I wouldn't say like forced me to but yeah just basically like stated zuby you have to take some vacation so i've taken um four weeks off not not all together and then dude i still have four weeks left okay. it's it's in, like and i'm like where else am i gonna take that like christmas or thanksgiving but even then i'm still gonna by the time that comes around i'm still gonna have so much pto by then yep. it's insane last, last month i just took a random week off just to just to do it like i was like i haven't been off in a while I just need some downtime to to do yeah. you know me and not work. And fortunately, oh, yeah. this time uh, I I got zero work calls during that week. <laughs> no nice. texts, no calls. I was like, that's great. That that it never fails. Like that that I get at least some kind of contact from work during during a vacation. Oh yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. It's yeah. e- even even though I work from home and I have been for a long time now. Like even before the pandemic, it's, it's, you know, most of the vacations, like I have the last week of May off and I'm going to be staying home, probably just playing video games every day. (laughs) Um, and I know I'm going to get a call or something or a text and I'm just like, well, how do I say no? You know, cause it's like, all I gotta do is just move from my gaming station, which is right here and then scoot on over like, okay, yeah, Yeah. I'll take five minutes to look at your thing. Or, yeah, even if it's like a, a little, just a text message or a call or something. Like, yeah. hey, I got a question. And people call you directly instead of like looking at your calendar or whatever. And it's like, how do I say no? Like, <laughs> well, well, see, I, I'm of the, if it's not someone on my network team, mm. I, I ignore it. I don't care. You know, whatever, yeah. call, call my boss, get mad, at, get mad at me, call my boss, whatever, whatever. If it's someone on a network team, I feel more obligated to help them. Like, I don't want to leave them high and dry yeah. and all that stuff because you know they're I've, working on something that they I've need. I started it. getting in the habit of um, when I do go on vacation, I, I grab my phone and the day of I turn off work email 
I turn off the calendar so I don't get notifications. Like I, I made that mistake because I, I turned like turned off mail, but I forgot to turn off the calendar. And when I was at uh, BlizzCon 2019, it was like second day there, I get like the uh, calendar invite for a new hire starting the day after I got back. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. I, yeah, it was like a short notice. Hey, we got a new person going to start Monday. We need a laptop for him. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, they'll have, it, they'll have it Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, right. So I got back in the office. I'm like, yeah. Um, I just sent my boss a text. I'm like, hey, please let her know that I will not have a laptop for them. They're going to wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so taking to like signing out of uh, all that stuff just so I don't get any of those notifications at all. Oh, it's good. It's good. And it's, and it's healthy because especially when you have a boss that supports that too, mm-hmm. where that, oh, yeah. that, that's even one of the more important parts. Yeah. He, he, when I got back this after this last one, there was like a Thursday that week. He's like, we were slammed. He's like, I, I was on the brink of contacting you. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I gotta let you, I gotta let you have some break. And I'm like, no, that's good. That. That's good. That, yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. So you are the Magic the Gathering IT, like the community IT person. Um, Apparently. So how did you how did you get that role? Um. So, I guess we'll do some some history. Is like sure. I, I am a uh, system admin by trade. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't always have necessarily that exact title, but the, you know, the the job's the same. You do all the things, whether it's uh servers or updates or desktop support or it depends on the size of the company it depends on uh the budget like my first job was in local government so it was like we there were two of us for 300 people uh which is way too much oh and and, oh yeah yeah. they didn't think that we needed an on-hand it because that's how old people that work in government think that don't know what they're talking about um so we were overworked for all that, but then going from that to um, there's a, a company in between. The company I'm at now, um, when I started, we were at 70, 75 people, and we had uh, four dedicated IT people plus the manager. So it was like a system admin, a network admin, uh, sort of like a project manager and like reporting and stuff, and a, a web dev like he does all our in-house coding Mm -hmm. so going to a company like that where there's dedicated people tasks are delegated out i don't have to do everything which is fantastic uh and then we we've grown and grown over the years especially as our company's gone from being just an electric company to electric and an isp doing fiber um uh I've taken a lot of the skills that I've learned through like system administration and all the skills I've learned from just interacting with communities and seeing what communities need. And I'm like, Hey, I have these skills. I might as well offer them up. So back, back when I started doing this, it was roughly 2015 or so. And I was just hanging out in Twitch chat. Um, Didn't have a whole lot going on. So it was every night I was, I get home from work, I'd hop on Twitch and chat with people. 
start modding for some channels and this is mostly in like the uh a little bit of like the the destiny video game community and yeah. starcraft 2 um Ooh, mostly ended up in, in starcraft 2 yeah where uh like i i had uh chatted with these guys for a while i was a regular in their channels and um one of the first ones that really gave me the opportunity to, to flex my it muscles was uh my buddy nathan uh nathanius oh you um, actually know nathanius yeah yeah he's oh, like cool. my he's one of my best best buds so like you know him in person or just was on yeah met, met him twice oh, okay cool uh, cool awesome. I, so I, I i did stuff with his him and his community for years before i met him at blizzcon in 2018 but uh yeah like i've been doing stuff for him since um like late 2015 early 20, 2016 or so nice um, especially one so i did a lot of his twitch chat stuff i started working on his uh his twitch bot just to make it a little bit better and then once uh discord launched i just was like hey let me do this and he's like here you go and he just hands me the, the keys to the kingdom i made it a nice fun place for people to hang out um as i kind of like got known in the community uh through his channel other people started having me do stuff for them so uh and this is this is over the course of several years but uh so some of the names that i can toss out we yeah got... yeah name drop some other starcraft people <laughs> I, I i used to be into like starcraft hardcore um we got uh rotterdam oh damn we got uh oh, here's a here's a name artosis oh shit <laughs> so i do stuff for dan dan dan's oh, a friend of mine shit. that's uh, fucking awesome i've always wanted to meet tastosis like the, the, yeah, they are my they are my favorite like out, out of all the esports commentary group they are my absolute favorite like my to, uh to me they're the pinnacle of like esports commentary <laughs> My first interaction with, uh, with them, uh, is I, what was it? Uh, so I, I, I am hanging out in the Sheraton lobby at BlizzCon 2018 and there's like Dan and Nick and I'm like, oh, it's them. And I walk up and like. Nick turns around and he's like, "Hey, you want to do a shot?" <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, <laughs> let's just do a shot with him. So, but yeah, I got like introduced to all the guys, uh, like in person. Finally, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're you're Seraph, uh, you're Logan," and I'm, I'm like, "Yeah, that's, that's me." That's where I met uh, Jenna Bain as well. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Total's yeah. wife. So I, I knew total. I didn't know Total Biscuit like personally. He, we had interacted in, when he'd hang out in like Nathan's chat and some other places. Mm -hmm. But Jenna knew me through him and and all that and around the community. So I I uh, run a Twitch bot for her channel as well uh, and run her Discord. So like all, all these people I'm naming, I like I run their Discords and do you still sure do it today? Oh, yeah. cool. So, like, cool. Uh, Jenna's streaming right now at this very moment, and my bot has announced that she's live and it uh, logs all sorts of stuff, like moderation stuff. So, th like, yeah. there's different levels that I do where 
it just logs like maybe moderation actions and announces the channel is live all the way to actually doing commands and advanced things like i do for most of the the magic folks um yeah so like uh oh and, and one of the big ones too is uh jeff in control robinson oh was god that dude that was so sad. good buddy of mine i got dude. uh got his uh little ink l pin here i've got that's one of awesome. these on my desk i got one on my my backpack strap that's right right there uh, like when when news of him when they announced news that he passed like i i i'd stop following starcraft you know i mm -hmm. i pretty much stopped following like during heart of the swarm and all that yeah. um and then when that news passed dude that i was sad like that just fucking hit me because he was one of my favorites yeah. it it hit us real hard i had found out um a little bit before they announced it publicly because um i'm friends with i was friends with him and then uh one of his best friends um, goes by Cobra Venom. Uh, Matt is our my buddy. He's actually uh, he and I share the same birthday, so we're we're that close. Like, oh, cool! <laughs> but uh, yeah, Matt had reached out, said you know what what had happened, and God, that that was just that was hard because that that whole year, um, I had met Jeff at. BlizzCon 2018. I was looking forward to hanging out with him after helping him with his community and his Discord and everything. Uh, and then it's just all of a sudden, um, there were there was one other guy in the StarCraft community. And then like a month later, one of my hometown friends, my age, passed away. And then two months later, Jeff. And we're all like God, the same age. And I'm like, that sucks. That was like a panic attack. Kind of, my God, if if these guys that are my age can go that fast. I, I started, like I looked into like making sure all my ducks were in the correct rows in case yeah. of anything, but yeah. Um, I still kind of help out with, um, there, there's plenty of people left from Jeff's specific community that uh, we, we make sure that they got a cool place to hang out and chat and, and awesome. collaborate and uh, yeah, so. So from from all this like StarCraft stuff, I had gotten uh, like a good handle on what communities need, and the an the real answer to that, like, like what is what does this community need is it's whatever that specific one needs. They all have kind of commonalities between them, but um, each one has its own personality surrounding the person or persons that are at the head of it and yeah so there's always like an aesthetic there's always a, a different way of maybe operating but at the core there's that same requirement for ease of information access proper channels for communication um plenty of logging and making sure that the correct moderation things are in place so that when there's a problem it can be handled quickly and easily um so from my experiences with that, uh, it was about 2018. No, 2018, I, I really started getting more and more into uh, communicating with people in the magic community. I'd followed them for quite a lot, while longer than that. I think yeah. I started really following people back in like 2016, 2017, um, as I got more into using Twitter and <laughs> getting away from using Facebook because felt more like an echo chamber there and you didn't really have as much collaboration between people you could reach yeah I mean, you could tweet at anybody and and they might reply 
they might and yeah they might not. exactly yeah but uh as i got more into that it was early 2019 uh i had gone through a, a breakup at, in in january of that year and i was just like you know what i need a hobby i'm gonna start like getting more more and more involved in magic online because i i like the people that i see and i just want to watch streams and chat with people and kind of just dig into it and and really experience that because i i love the game um so as i got into that stuff i started uh watching olivia and at first she was just she'd just stream every once in a while with like some metalworking yeah, I remember. So I just go hang out in her chat and like chat with there were maybe like I don't know anywhere from ten to twenty people watching, and that's about it. So we we're just like a little little group of us chatting, and then one day I show up and she's streaming Paper Commander with uh it was uh, I think her and their buddy uh well our our buddy Davy and mm-hmm. uh john and um their friend uh joe who lives up far away so there were like two of them sharing a webcam and then they had two others like situated and so they're but they were having a great time it was like i was like wow this is this is actually really cool like you know i've watched paper tournaments on stream before but this is true interaction between friends that you get to watch. And for me, it all just started clicking into place as far as like my LGS experience mm-hmm. where we would go like the LGS I was at, um, I, I grew up playing commander in as a, a DZ gaming in Decatur, Indiana, just a little town of 9,000 population or so. <laughs> but it was such a healthy environment that we had. That was what everybody played there was Commander, and people would yeah. drive in from an hour away to come play Commander. Oh damn! Wow. And so, like, we do like maybe an F and M night for Commander, and we'd have uh, fifteen to twenty people playing only Commander for F and M. Uh, and the way that there, our environment there was, even if you weren't playing there's a pod of four people sitting there and you'd stand there and watch and you'd interact with them as they're playing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, Hey, what's that card? And they hold it up and they show it and they tell you. And this was, I was like, this is the same thing. There's this pod of four people at a table and there's friends standing around the table in Twitch chat watching. And you know, they're, they're holding up cards and showing them to the camera. Like, Oh, this is, this is what that thing is. And so after like the first or second stream of them doing that, I reached out to Olivia and I'm like, I can help you do this better. I want to help you do this better. Like th- there's so many things that I can help you improve on this and increase this this feeling of like the LGS at home and the or the, the LGS on, on Twitch and make it a, a community type thing ver- like versus just you know watching for entertainment because you want like there was there was already the interaction there was already the the desire to to watch those games and and see the the interactions but um so i was like hey can you can you let me do this and so she's like 
uh, well, let's let's do a call and and see what you got. And so I was had all my things ready. I was like, all right, here's here's what I can do with OBS and and overlays, and here's how we can improve that. And then like, here's my Twitch bot, and here's all the things that it can do, and here's how we can make it like I can we can do a a, a card reader module so that we don't have to use the MTG bot. We can use my my nice custom bot that integrates with Twitch and Discord. And here's what I can do with Discord to make it really nice for all of the people that want to watch and, and join your, your community. So like from like April, May of 2019, the next couple months just rolling out all these features and improving things uh, coupled with the fact that Olivia's the name. And mm-hmm. being on game nights, being featured on uh, profs videos, you know, her getting out there and uh, making a name for herself, especially after you know getting announced to be on the CAG and being uh, promoted as a cosplayer, yeah. it was just this whole marriage of awesome things coming together, and the channel numbers just started to explode from where we were with 20 to 30 people watching a commander stream to, I mean, Tuesday night, we had an average of 200 people. That's awesome. For the entire stream. That's a lot of people watching commander too. That's, um, that's, that's so cool. Like, yeah. Can you imagine 204 people packed in the back room of an LGS Four of them are playing Commander, and the other two hundred all watching. <laughs> Probably smell a little bit. <laughs> Probably smell a little bit. <laughs> but we we pro- now we can provide yeah. that kind of experience where people can hang out and watch and chat. And as we've coined it, uh, thanks to Olivia's typo, bust chat because she doesn't know how to use her keyboard. She often. Uh, types me a message in all caps and then it's like oops sorry (laughs) so bus chat now encompasses like her channel and jeremy knoll's channel and chase's channel and the commander rc and just numerous other friends that we you know as the pandemic rolled in and we had this recipe for success and we were able to uh kind of involve other people and get things mm-hmm. collaborating um now there's this collective community of uh the best twitch chat for magic commander online and it, it's pretty great so it's awesome yeah uh, it, it's blown up like since last year especially with commander gameplay so thanks to i mean i i owe this all to olivia just flat out um she gave me a chance she let me spread my wings, so to speak. And because of that and my success there, she introduced me to people. Gen Con 2018, uh, she was doing the, she was working at the uh, MTG Pro Shop Ultra Pro booth with mm-hmm. Sheldon and playing games. So it was him and, and her. And then there'd be like two people that had won some online contest got to play at certain times during the day and then in between anybody could play so uh she introduced me to sheldon and within 30 minutes of me talking to sheldon about some some of this stuff he hands me his card (laughs) and he's like 
we're gonna talk <laughs> dude that's awesome so i got to know him at gen con i got to uh talk to him about all of the things that rolled out over the past year that we that he was planning and i was like i can help you do all this stuff because we it was like uh the introduction of the cag the um the rollout of the new website with all the new philosophy documents and things mm -hmm. making it easier access for people to get to stuff as well as launching creating and launching the commander rc discord i had all that in place like months before it went live as well as uh building him a, a new computer to stream on so that they could do commander rc streams now that they do uh, uh two times a week thursdays like actually they just went live a little bit ago and uh they play on sundays too and they have different community members come on and, and guest during their games too that's awesome so uh just all sorts of stuff that that Sheldon had envisioned uh, to break down that illusion that there was some like ivory tower that the the RC was sitting in to uh, make make things more uh, open and accessible for community members to come in and, and speak their mind and, and collaborate. Um, and so through Olivia, through Sheldon. And some of the other friends, like especially Tappy, um, getting to be involved with all those cool people in the community, it sort of gave me the ability to be a little more uh, forward about, hey, I can help you with this. Here's some people that say that I can. <laughs> and I uh, started helping other people out, uh, after, especially after I met uh, Prof in person at... Uh, Command Fest DC, started doing stuff for him. So now I've built him a computer. I run his Discord. Uh, I've I helped him set up his Twitch stream and all of his equipment. But he's starting to stream again. Um, I I just kind of dabble in a, in a bunch of people's communities now and and just help out where I can. It's it's so much fun. It's it's um very fulfilling to me to be able to use the skills that I have from and not necessarily even through work but just through through experience to share those with other people so that they can succeed that's awesome man no it's yeah. really it's really good it's commendable too because it's hearing all this um you know I'm glad there's people like you that you know actually go out and help people and you know improve upon things right yeah it's um it's nice to hear you know and what what so you're talking about some of the bots you've created in um you know in twitch and discord and some stuff like yeah. that like how um what's some of the stuff you have made like how did you come up with the ideas for them so i don't code them myself um i use uh, i guess for the twitch and discord thing um there's a bot called phantom bot is what i use and back when i was working in starcraft stuff is when i discovered this thing um so i was trying to find like the right bot to use mm -hmm. and i had been i tried you know some of the the usuals like there's night bot there's moo bot there's some of the stream labs one there's stream elements yeah. So there's plenty out there, or even MTG Bot does does that stuff. But 
we wanted I wanted to find something that was kind of all encompassing and did more than just things really good here or things really good here. I wanted to be able to keep a log of all of the moderation actions that were on done on Twitch uh, so that we had a log of like when somebody got timed out or banned. But I also wanted to, on the Discord side, be able to announce like when the channel went live or have commands there that coincided with the ones on, on the other. So I had stumbled upon PhantomBot, and it's one that you got to set up from scratch. It runs you through a wizard on how to connect it to Twitch and Discord and yeah. guides and stuff. But there was one particular guide I found that showed me how to... Uh, implement it not just running on my desktop which is how i originally had it set up but to fire up a little server little db and stretch nine server in google cloud and run it on there so it's running 24 7 Uh, it was very cheap and um, now my little server has i think it's got Oh, I don't think I gave it a second CPU core. I think it's still running on a single core, but it's got 16 gigs of RAM and uh, maybe like a... It might have like a a terabyte of space just for the hell of it because it's so cheap. But uh, yeah, this thing is running 19 Twitch slash Discord bots. So 19 instances of Phantom Bot for people in StarCraft and, and Magic and a couple other communities. Um, it just runs, it does its thing. I go in, I do monthly maintenance to update the server or update the bots. And it only costs me 80 bucks a month. That's good. That's nothing. Yeah, that's nothing. And the more that I add, the, it scales so nicely. So the more bots that I've added, the lower the cost has been per bot, uh, month to month. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. And so, um... I was just doing this out of my pocket. And then it was the end of 2019, like January 2020, when uh, some of my good friends were like, Logan, let us pay, <clears throat> let us pay you. Give us a way to pay you. <laughs> <laughs> so I set up a, a Patreon account and uh, created some tiers and <clears throat> people signed up for that. And it covers all that, and it covers some other costs that I incur for for different servers too. So that's it's pretty sweet that, and and it's not just the people that I do stuff for, but it's people who watch those people. Yeah. So yeah, you have people who are supporting me, supporting people, <laughs> and all of it just gets taken care of, and so I just maintain it, and it it does its thing. So um, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, and and this this phantom bot's been pretty great. Um, the there's not a whole lot of development required for it. They add they do some bug fixes here and there, and might add a feature, change a feature. Um, but it essentially connects to a Twitch account, and it sits in Twitch chat, and it just does its thing. Whether it's like posting timed messages or uh, logging chat. Um, logging moderation actions, responding to commands. Um, and then on the Discord side, it links to a little Discord bot you fire up, and it does the same thing there. It announces when the channel goes live. It announces when other things happen. It um, responds to commands. It logs those actions there. Um, and it's pretty 
like pretty basic as far as that goes. Uh, I haven't found any other bot that does all of those things all in one go. And the fact that I can have it out in a cloud compute environment where uh, I don't have to worry about my computer rebooting or my internet going down, my power going out. I don't have to worry about yeah, trying you're not to hosting anything it. on prem or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Or even if somebody had it like on their their stream PC and they turn it off for the night and then now it's not running in in the yeah. Discord or it's not running in like some some people like to be able to go to the Twitch chat after hours and type in the command to get to somebody's Patreon or somebody's like affiliate code or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was sort of a, I stumbled onto this thing. Uh, I joined their discord so that I could keep up on updates and changes and bugs and things like of that nature. And, uh, I just, it's sort of like, a have got a, a guide I run through that I wrote up for myself. Yeah. I, I actually documented for myself for once, what? <laughs> which is not something I do in my normal work very often, but uh, yeah, I got documentation on how to set a brand new one up and how to update it and all, all sorts of stuff. Um, documentation on all of the, because it's got a web panel that the the streamers can access to manually yeah. change things. You can run, you can run giveaways through it. There's all sorts of little mini games built into it, uh, and it's been real great. So. Um, Dude, that's awesome. Saved, saved me a lot of headaches, for sure. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about IT, right? So yeah. we're, we're both in IT, and um, I love talking with other IT people, just understanding like their skills, their passions in it. Um, we, we talked a little bit before we started recording. Um, you, we were getting a little bit into like VMware Hyper-V and some of your, yeah. what you call it, hyper-convergence. I, I, I'm not much yeah. of a systems guy anymore. I'm just all network now, so... Mm -hmm. Um, so what is it about it that draws you like, and, and what, are, what's some of your passions about it? Like, it, are, are, are you happy where you're at in terms of with it and is there somewhere you want to go, <laughs> you know? So I guess this all starts when I was, I was little, my, my dad, um, worked for IBM. Oh, um, cool. and it was more in like the customer support style stuff. So like cor corporate customers, uh, making sure that their problems got worked on. It wasn't, he wasn't necessarily in a straight up IT capacity. Um, but because he was always involved with computers and stuff from a, a very, uh, like the, the seventies when he was in college and mm -hmm. dealing with like punch cards and stuff <laughs> to do his, cause he was, he was a math major. And um, it was, I, I was born in 85, and right around that same time is when our good friend Commodore 64 was made. Mm -hmm. So that was my first computer was uh, Commodore 64. Nice. So from, a you know, like age of two or three, I was playing on the Commodore 64. Like, uh, there's, there's actually a good old game that I loved playing called Face Maker. I don't and, think I've ever heard of it. Oh my god it it was a little little horrifying uh, cover. Um, I think I can find this thing here. Uh, Face Maker for Commodore sixty four from uh, nineteen eighty three, and it was essentially like 
you picked the shape of a face and you picked eyes and a nose and a hairstyle and all sorts of goofy things and you you just made a face. That was it. Yeah. And then you could print it out on your dot matrix. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so we played stuff like that, or we had, like, the, the original test drive where you had, you picked your car and it had some very terrible audio uh, simulations of what those cars sounded like. And the entire premise was to drive drive around the side of a mountain and dodge the oncoming traffic and the cars that you're trying to pass. Yeah. Like, oh no, here's a semi coming up and you had to get in the other lane. <laughs> so from an early age, I had access to a computer. I was fortunate enough that we had Commodore 64. We had um, the IBM equivalent of Windows 3.1, which was the uh, OS2. <laughs> oh god yeah. yeah yep you know what i mean oh yeah os2 because it was that ibm helped when uh, microsoft develop windows 3.1 and as part of that deal they said you give us our own branded version of it which was os2 it was literally I forgot the same about os that. Yeah. different name so we had we had an ibm uh as a ps2 and it ran os2 uh, well, the the upgraded version, OS2 Warp, which included a bunch of video game packages and stuff. Uh, and that thing was, uh, we, we had a 14.4K modem on it. We Ooh, had a... Blazing fast. And we had one of those, we had a, we had a, a CD-ROM. It, it was one of those ones that you put the disc in the cartridge. Yeah. And then you slotted the cartridge in for the, the disc to spin. Yeah. Oh, God. So, we had those you know i we lived four miles from town so i didn't have any neighbor kids to hang out with i just had my brothers and so if i wasn't playing with my brothers or hanging out in our our woods i was on the computer um so got used to tinkering around with our computers as i got older you know i remember when we upgraded our uh our pentium one to a Pentium two. Ooh, the, and, the the slot one, the slot CPU. Mm-hmm. Had that yeah. that daughter board CPU mm-hmm. block. Yeah. So you just literally all you had to do was like unsnap it, pull it out, and yep. pop the new one in. That was it. Gosh, if CPUs were that easy to swap out right, right now. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, but yeah, why didn't they ever keep up with that design? I, I, I liked was, it. It was so easy. <laughs> I assume it had something to do with like the, the heat sink and all yeah, that, but yeah. you know, whatever. The, Give me my old daughter board back. Let, let let the smart people figure out the heat issue. You know, like I'm not I'm not that smart. Let the <laughs> so yeah, just like over the years of like when I remember when we got we had our um, second PC after that, like like Windows style was uh, ran ni- Windows ninety eight, mm-hmm. and we got a Voodoo two graphics card. Whoa, you were like top of the line and i remember Back then i remember the well, i remember cards. even going from the windows 95 machine to the 98 how much faster starcraft loaded like starcraft oh, yeah that's right i remember that yeah it, it used to take like a minute or more and then it went down it was like 30 seconds and i was like 30 seconds that's awesome it loaded so much faster and now it's like you launch it and it's like starcraft and then it's open it's at the menu yeah <laughs> but like we got that and i was able to do like 
accelerated graphics for different games, uh, especially one of my favorites in early high school was uh, Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2. Oh, God, yes. This was such, was a, such a good game. game. That, that, that's the one that had the live action scenes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Kyle Katarn. Had actual lightsaber fighting. Yeah. It had, yeah. It had, it was a, it was such a great game. I loved it so much that I learned how to mod it. And I Ooh. joined online gaming communities. That was my first experience with online gaming communities was back in like the early 2000s modding uh, and I was I was part of a, a modding guild called Badass Hackers. <laughs> so oh man, would, that's uh, great! But the the best part was that Jedi Knight was very basic. It had container files, and if you open up the container file, it had all of the files that you needed that ran the game. Mm-hmm. You could extract all them, and you could just dump them out in the directory, and any of them that were in the directory overrode any that were in the container files. Oh, okay. And as long as you kept the same number of parentheses and objects, there was like a a definition for what determined what was an object. uh, In that file, it maintained the checksum when you went to play multiplayer. Mm -hmm. So you could literally just hack the game by text editing things. Wow. Dude, those were simpler days back then, man. And the text in those files was a variant. It was like a a custom version of C. Mm -hmm. So Jedi Knight taught me how to code C. It was my first coding experience. Between that and between making custom like use map settings maps in StarCraft Brood War, which taught me logic and like order of operations as far yeah. as coding goes so that and and coding in uh jedi knight was sort of this opening a, a whole new world of things that i could do as far as like a, a skill set so like i i got the hardware from just my my dad having cool computers and learning how to do that stuff i had this experience with coding and and logic and stuff and so when uh i like i took a bunch of science courses in in high school and all that and i went to college um i was like man i know exactly what i'm gonna do i'm gonna get a degree in chemistry sounds about right i I, I can i can see the reaction or the relation (laughs) the first week i was uh there at college this is a terrible idea. I'm going to switch to computer science. <laughs> so completely changed majors in the first week to computer science. And it was like, okay, this is all coding and this is all theory. Uh, then I realized I didn't want to do coding and theory for the rest of my life. That was not fun for me. I liked the applied skill stuff as far as like hands-on things went. Yeah. Um, so after a year and a half, I changed changed schools. Uh, I went into computer engineering te- technology, which is less of the thermodynamics style engineering and more of the here's what we have, what can we do with it kind of engineering. Um, I got some hands on with like electrical engineering kind of stuff where you you know we we 
designed boards in a like circuit boards in a yeah um, you know editor and sent them off to get printed off on the CNC mill and uh, solder everything on. So I got, yeah, I was about to say you, you know, got to solder some actual circuit boards. Yeah. That sounds like, cool. And I had, sounds fun. I had already gotten experience doing that, like uh, in in college, uh, modding Xboxes for people. <laughs> oh, the original ones. The yeah, original ones. I remember that. Yeah, I I had a pretty sweet one that I built that was decked out with. It was what it was that limited edition green Halo one. Okay, and I took the inside lid out so that you could see all the components inside. I decked that thing out with like green LEDs. Oh, that's so the awesome. whole thing. There's like a toggle switch on the back that would flip on and light everything up. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. I even built in a, a relay switch for the USB so it would disable one of the controller ports and <laughs> flip the relay, the four pins over to uh, a built in, it was like the, the remote control. Okay. For like like media, like yeah, you yeah. put a DVA in one. So, like, I when you when you flip that relay, it would turn the LEDs off, and it would turn on the little IR sensor for the remote, so that you could watch your movies in the dark. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, experience with like, you know, hands-on soldering, actual hands-on. Like that's where we used virtual PC and VMware for the first time, and um. So I I kind of got some of these skills, but. I the more and more I was in school, I realized that I'm doing this for the paper, so that I can get a job. The, these are all applied skills that I kind of already had. Um, I did an internship where it started out as like more of an engineering role for the first semester, and then I I noticed that they needed some IT help, and so I went to HR and and the the rep there, and I was like, hey, I can help this guy out. He's swamped. Um, I know how to do all this stuff. And so the rest of my uh, college internship and co- like until I graduated was doing internship IT stuff. And it was all like desktop support and, you know, doing stuff with VMware and doing stuff with servers and answering tickets. It is all the same stuff I do now. Just it was at an, an intro level. Yeah. And I just fell in love with it. I uh, I was... I was doing that in in college and after I graduated I'm like I want to be an uh, IT guy. I want to be a sysadmin. This this is the fun stuff for me. It's easy for me. And I know that it's not easy for other people, so why don't I just do it cuz I can do it, do it well and then I don't have to worry about somebody breaking something <laughs> cuz I take care of it. Yeah. Uh yeah, cuz it, it's it's a whole world out there where uh you you see folks get into and and it's not just it you see people get into a career path and maybe they're not necessarily geared for it and they can do it they just don't necessarily do it well oh i've seen Um, that plenty in it i've I've had uh because i I used to be an it manager and i've had my it was it manager of a help desk never again mm -hmm. will i ever be a manager of a help desk ever again it was (laughs) The, there's, the, and there's nothing wrong with somebody trying to get into a career and and try and make it work for them. But if it oh yeah, if it's, if it's not necessarily like the best path for them, they might need to look at something else. Like there there are people who were in my hometown community that were they they ran computer shops, mm-hmm. and all I ever heard from people were complaints about how these people mess things up. So I'm like, let me do it. <laughs> so I'd get paid like. 
beer and fun money on the yeah. side to go to somebody's house and install their printer or update some software or reinstall windows or set up a new new computer for them and migrate their stuff over because they're like oh, i took this computer to so and so and it's just never been the same since and that's always what i heard and so i i just made a, a whole thing out of like helping people around my hometown doing i like side it jobs and that's kind of what rolled into this community admin stuff i'm like yeah this isn't my job i don't you know i i do get paid now for it but it's not my job job uh i i want to do this stuff because it's fun and it helps mm -hmm. people out and i do get some kickbacks on the side i mean like people know my, know my name now which is pretty sweet uh so i that's kind of i think that's pretty cool be, to be able to give back to a community and then uh you know get some recognition out of it for for what i'm doing no that's awesome it's awesome yeah. so so what you're doing today um you, you sound like you're pretty happy where you're at is there um any sort of path or or um oh what's the word for it any sort of path or like any kind of focus in it that um you wish you could just focus on because it almost sounds like just from what you're describing a little bit you're sort of like a jack of all trades yeah <laughs> right now is there like just if you could just have just one thing to focus on in it yeah. what would that be it would be just focus on my server environment and start to cut out the desktop support yeah. uh, no matter where you're at you're always going to do some of it so like even if if you're like a, a tier three sysadmin and all you do is babysit servers and plan projects and upgrade things and that's that's your your world is is babysitting all this stuff you're still gonna do some desktop support somebody's gonna pass you in the hallway and say hey this thing's not working and you're gonna be like i could tell them to submit a help desk ticket and so and so that handles and that's what stuff you should do, do. But you always end up doing it. You always end up going to that person's desk and and just tick 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 and done in three seconds and then walk away. Um, and you know maybe submit the take the ticket later so it's it's kept track of. Yeah. But you know, I even now, um, our like our CEO he doesn't use help desk. He walks in. Of course, yeah, that, that's how most uh, executives. <laughs> he he are. sends me an email. He sends me a text message. You know, he he wants to ask me directly. He doesn't want to use the ticket system. So of course not. There's yeah. there's people in the leadership that are always going to get that treatment. Uh, of course, yeah. Versus dude, anyone dude, else, but... dude, try being in healthcare and being in a doc, oh, yeah. be, being a doctor. It's not only you have to worry about executive leadership; it's doctors too. They, yep, it's same thing, but so, yeah, a little like, bit more prima donnas. And I think that there is a path for me where I'm at now, um, as our company is consistently growing. Since January, uh, we have had seven new hires, mm -hmm. which has been in, in a IT or just in the company. Oh, in, in the, the company. company. Okay, okay. Which is like seven percent for us. Like yeah. we're around hundred people, we added seven people. That's seven. That's seven percent. Yeah. Um. So, like, the the big struggle for me right now is with all the the 
computer and chip shortages out in the world. Oh, dude, yeah, that, that's affecting me big time right now. I, I needed 30 computers for this year to cover all of my annual replacements and my new hires. I've gotten 15 so far. And that was luck because we got in early on some of them before they got back ordered. Yeah, like I got I got some in early from one company. I got some back order from another and backordered from another and I managed to get in 15 so far. Uh, I just put in another back order for 10 from another company to cover like because uh, most of them have gone to all these new hires like they yeah. have to have a computer. I don't have one on hand. The brand new ones that come in go straight to those people and the people that have had their computers for three, four years that need them replaced, they had to wait. So I'm finally just now in May finishing up my quarter one replacements. I did. I'm facing the same exact stuff with network equipment. It's I've, I've had network, to, yeah. I, I've ordered and it's mainly switches, not firewalls. For whatever reason, yeah. firewalls are coming in quicker. But switches, like Cisco switches, and it depends on the size, too. Like, if I order an 8 or 12-port switch, boom, get it next week. Anything 24 or higher, I'm having to wait. Like, I just placed an order for some switches back in April, and they're saying they're not going to ship to, like, July, August. I'm like, yeah. no, you don't understand. I've got to go live, like, next month. Our, <laughs> I need ours. this now. Our service provider and consulting team is having that same problem because we do not only like like we got our electric side we got our our isp side and then we also have like some corporate accounts that we do for mm -hmm. networking internally and, and things like um i'm i'm here in uh lafayette indiana and we handle stuff for purdue <laughs> like they're there that was part of the the isp side and uh so we you know they're our, our client now we've and we've also got um some of the indiana health networks around here too that we you yeah. know do things for and so that's anywhere from like actual just internet connection to their place and and letting them connect between their buildings to actually internal like um some of the residence halls on the purdue campus like most of them are all managed wi-fi by our consulting team and uh, it's it's crazy, like how hard it is to get some of those things ahead of time. Oh now. yeah, it's... Uh, so yeah, like I <clears throat> I think I'm, I'm with with the growth that we've got in the company. I'm pretty comfortable with this so far, just because there's like we've already got a, a job listing out there for another sysadmin. So there's. Uh, two of us already. So we got mm -hmm. one from the our acquisition, and then there's me. We both kind of do a little bit different things, but yeah. Uh, there's there's room for like them getting in a lower level guy, and then me moving up to a higher level, uh, where I have maybe less interaction with the the help desk ticket stuff that comes in, oh, dealing with more of the the higher end stuff, which is is pretty cool, but. Um, there, were, there was sort of a dream that I kind of had last year of like, what if I could do this tech support stuff for content creators as a full-time job? That seemed like it'd be hard, it, yeah. especially monetarily. It's, it's a tricky situation where you, you have to realize that content creators don't make a lot of money no matter where <laughs> no, they're at. they don't know. 
even even the big names like unless they're super lucky and they've struck these sponsorship deals with people uh a lot of them are working a normal job and doing this stuff on the side yeah. and it fuel, fuels hobby or it's extra income um and i understand that like i i i tried to get into streaming like every night after i got home from work to see if i could get lucky enough to to make it like that and you know some people can do it and others can't um the ones that can do it sometimes are just making getting by like they have enough that they're sustaining their quality of life and that's great like if you can live off of all that that's that's fantastic and sometimes that's lifestyle changes sometimes yeah. that's very strict budgeting to to keep in line with that but when it comes to like their tech stuff or their community they start getting stretched thin and that's kind of where i stepped in to try and help them out and not yeah. ask for money because <laughs> i was doing it for fun too and um so there are some who are able to give me some in return uh out of their own kindness or whatever and uh, sometimes it's because like they have a patreon account and they're getting plenty in from that side that they can justify having some of that go towards me yeah to cover uh like like even um like a monthly fee or something like that yeah yeah like brainstorm brew is one of my 25 dollar patrons uh because they have a patreon account so um they get stuff in from their patrons mm -hmm. a little bit of that goes to me and then like once a month we have a little uh call between those three guys and, and me and and we'll just shoot the shit over stuff or uh go over things uh or even like the the commander rc no oh, i think i just lost your audio oh no oh there we go there we go yep i, I clicked the wrong button there oh it's okay <laughs> it's okay uh so anyway the commander rc uh like i, I cover some things there and um they have a Patreon set up for people who want to give back to the community. Um, so that goes towards covering like their website costs. That goes towards mm -hmm. like covering Discord bot stuff and me, um, things of that nature. So um, there's opportunity there, but it's more or less like. I would have to have volume of people versus ha a handful of people. Yeah, yeah, you definitely would. And it's, I just don't think there's enough people out there to even. I, it would have to bridge multiple communities. It would yeah. have to be more than just the ones that I'm in. And there's, so there's a, there's an opportunity there where it's feasible, but it would take a lot of work. I mean, you're, you're essentially just doing like a side IT business where like mm -hmm. you're doing it in person, but now, now it's just remotely and yeah. it's yeah, that that's you'd have to have a large volume of customers. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's that, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough one, man. <laughs> I mean, it, it's commendable, like I said, but it's like, yeah, I, I I've gotten to a part to, in my IT career where, um, you know, I, I'm a network architect by day. And a lot of what I do now is I don't do a lot of um, actual configuration of equipment anymore. I mean, I'll still do it, you know, like right. I'll still do stuff, but it's not a daily grind. Like the majority of what I do is 
I have to, we, I, I work in healthcare and we, I work for a radiology company nationwide and we are constantly providing our services to new hospitals for radiologists. And so we mm-hmm. have to in, input our new system there and I have to go to these hospitals and design the network that to be yeah. able to fit our system. A lot of times it's easy, like it, it's going to be some simple stuff, but there's always going to be those some hospitals where I have to design something crazy and mm-hmm. to get it all working. So it's yeah. um I, I really enjoy that. But then I'm sort of like the the car mechanic, you know, where I have a really <laughs> crappy car. Like you look at my network here. I'm just like some crappy little <laughs> night hog. I'm like, I don't care. I do. I used to be so into that where like I used to have like servers and switches and all that stuff. I'm just like, mm-hmm. ah, I don't I don't care anymore. Just. It's like yeah, I, I've I, been I've been there, done all that. Just I've got my nice computer. I love it. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I've got a, I've got a really nice computer and like widescreen monitor and all that yeah. stuff. Like I love that. But as, uh, as far as like how I have some people on our network team, um, and they've got like you know the rack at home, and, and like in their mm-hmm. in their garage or like some closet yeah. with like switches racked in there. I'm like, why? Oh well, I I, I want to lab stuff. I'm like. I get friends that talk about their I, I home mean, I lab. I get it. I get it. And that's like cool. Like if you want to do a home lab or if you want to have like a, oh, like a, what's that? That one. There's like a video hosting server you can get. Uh, oh, Plex. Like, yeah, Plex. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, I've like got a, my own Plex and all that. Yeah. It's not a server. It's an external drive. But um. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got friends that have like the the full blown like Plex server. Like oh yeah rack, yeah racked up and. And like enterprise Wi-Fi in their house, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh, I don't need any of that. Yeah, my my buddy <laughs> took um one of the one of our old VMware hosts, um, and made it a Plex server, and I'm all like, mm. damn. I mean, really, really fast, but it's yeah. like that's kind of overkill too, just for streaming. But hey, right, it's it's it, it's really what people are up to. It's like when I was younger, like working my way up in the IT chain. Um, I used to be like really obsessed with all that stuff where like, Mm -hmm. you know, I studied for my certs, A plus, net plus, CCNA, CCMP and all that. And, Mm -hmm. um, just really obsessed, like every night cracking the books and, um, having, you know, the home labs and all that stuff. Now I just don't care. But now my boss told me this year, oh, well, you got to go for a certification this year. Like we're paying for it. I'm like, oh shit. I haven't studied for a certain like five years. I'm all like, fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm like the worst test taker too. Like I get so fucking nervous. So, so (laughs) the cert I have to go for, I have to go for the CCMP data center and it's Mm -hmm. such a new cert that they only, so it's like most Cisco exams. You have a core exam and then like the, the other branch you got to do. So this CCMP right. data center that I'm deciding to take is they only have core exam books. So like for like the branch exams, they have no books, no material out for it yet. Oh, wow. So I'm like, because he, because my boss was like, well, why don't you go for the CCMP, uh, the, the new, uh, the routing and switching again. I'm like, I already did that. I have no interest in doing that again. Mm-hmm. Like, like doing the new one. Right. I'm like, and besides, I'll be honest, it's, learning exactly how spanning tree works at a packet based level yeah how is that gonna help me right like (laughs) there's some there's some weirdness to it for me where i i look at some of these certifications and i look at what the material encompasses 
and I'm like, I already know this. Like, but do you know it the way they want you to know it? Right. <laughs> well, like that that always annoyed me the hell like, out of I, me. I I took some VMware courses, and so like there was this one that I took was at my my first job, and I had never taken any VMware class at all ever, mm -hmm. and so. My boss was like, "Yeah, you should take this. It'll. It, it's not like a full blown certification, but it's it's like some kind of certificate that yeah. says you, you did the you did the class. There there wasn't a test or anything, so it was just it wasn't even like you pretty much just show up and thing. yeah, yeah. And so, um, I go to this thing. It's five days, and so I have to commute up and sit through the class all day. Day one, literally all stuff stuff that I know." Day two, same thing. Three, same thing. Day four, halfway through the day, I learned one new thing. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then I realized, oh, this is for the license tier above the one that we have. Oh, like enterprise version or yeah, something? Yeah, it was the, the distributed networking in VMware. Oh, which yeah. Like enterprise plus, and we had enterprise. <laughs> God, yeah. The, I, I... So... I was like, oh, cool, I learned this new thing, except we can't use it. Yeah. And then day five, oh, it's, we did some labs, and I finished mine like 30, 40 minutes ahead of everybody else. So I just kind of sat there on my phone. The guy's like, oh, did you do the lab? And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've done this before. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So I got my paper, yeah. and I walked out. So there, there's times like that, like if you're actually like you want the certificate certificate and you got that that you can, you know, put it, the, the the letters behind your name. Uh, that's all cool, too. Like, like I, yeah, to people that want to do that and like I to do that. I really enjoyed learning like the CCNA and CCMP. Like I really enjoyed yeah. learning the nitty gritty of it because I'm like, that's just I really enjoy learning that stuff. But on the other hand, a lot of that information and knowledge doesn't really help me progress in my career. Right. You know, like, cool, I know how a packet works, you know, and how it flows <laughs> from switch to switch. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it can be important because there are times where you have to do troubleshooting on a packet layer, packet mm -hmm. level like that. But 90% of the time, I'm like, I, I don't, it's usually, you know, the ISP's problem or DNS is the issue or, right. you know, something like that. But it, it, it's, it's really good base level knowledge for it. And yeah, and that's the way I look at it. Like I'm excited to start studying the CCMP data center mm -hmm. because when it comes to designing data center networks, I know nothing. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I can do like, like basic designs and all that stuff, but like we're talking like huge data centers, right? Like not oh, yeah. even the, the guys that are at our company who are, it's a combination between the guys that are in networking and the engineers because they're the ones who are uh, mapping out and staking all of the fiber that's going to go up on our electrical infrastructure mm -hmm. and where it's going to path through each county because each county has its own rules, permits... Yeah, you know, that, the that, state that is stuff. <laughs> That's crazy like, stuff. Or yeah. spots where we have to go underground to get under a thing. To like, maybe we can't go overhead over a highway. And we have to go underground. Um, 
all of that stuff is handled by engineering team and then once it's networked and passed out then like at each uh pop out in the field the little yeah. huts, then it comes down to the sp guys and them getting things connected to the right spots after it's mm-hmm. all terminated like passing it over god i wonder and, what their bgp tables look like uh we we use um stuff from a company called uh calyx calyx okay yeah they do like the high-end uh isp level fiber switching oh and, nice uh yeah i i know like, nothing about isp so i i've been in healthcare like pretty much my entire it's, career it's it's a whole different thing man it's oh i bet it's so crazy like uh especially when it comes to fiber because essentially like um you run your your network connectivity to this device mm-hmm. and it has so many ports on it and each one can feed up to like so much up and so much down Yep. and usually it's favors like the down over the up but it's the thing just like any normal switch that determines like uh this port is pulling more so it gets more leeway you know on the switch than anything else and then when it stops peaking then there's more room for the others so even if we're providing we, we provide uh gig 500 and 250 symmetrical mm-hmm. uh, just out, out to any customers. Those are the, the three tiers we, we offer. So if somebody's got gig, another person's got gig, another per- so like, it's over-provisioned because this thing can only do like four or five gig total yeah. at one given point. But nobody's going to be using the full gig. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you <laughs> so, need that. Like, you need that for all your Netflix things. This one peaks. Um, but yeah, like it's it's pretty cool how all of that stuff works. But it's a completely different like because uh, because you're not just talking about use cases with oh servers peaking at this time or mm-hmm. users peaking at this time. It's people out living their lives and doing normal daily stuff, and you got to like maintain that for for everyone or even companies that are using this too. So. Yeah, I, I guess I never thought like as an engineer you'd have to think about the actual route of the fiber because it's funny because when i think about cabling and and just in my world it's like is it over 400 feet okay it is all right we got to use fiber (laughs) that's about that's about it (laughs) yeah this it's it's crazy like um i look at our fiber map and man we have miles and miles and miles and it pales in comparison to the electrical we've got up because that goes yeah man i mean i want to I can't remember how much mileage we've got, but it's, I know it's over a hundred yeah. miles of, of electrical out there. Uh, we, we serve uh, 28,000 members in our wow. uh, electric side. And wow. the goal is to be able to serve all 28,000 with fiber. And this is out in, this is the, the initiative that a lot of um, rural co-op, electric co-ops are doing is, getting that last mile service to people that can't get anything but dial up yeah point to point satellite four or 4g or they, mm-hmm. you know, they can't get 5g but 3g or 4g no um, not yeah because we we have people that work at our company that don't have internet at their house because they can't get anything that's crazy other than other than like satellite 
Like our our HR lady for the longest time had satellite, and it wasn't good enough to even run our VPN over it. Oh my god, um, I can't even imagine that. Another another guy, um, he was in our uh, marketing team, uh, marketing communications, and he didn't have a dedicated internet at home. They they all used their cell phones and hotspots because that's all they could get uh, un- until they were on our ne- our stuff and we were building out in that area and we got them connected. It was like a mile jog this way to get them connected and now he's got fiber. So it's uh, pretty crazy like how many people in the r- rural United States don't have broadband internet by definition yeah so yeah it's yeah i mean i don't don't even know like how do you even get that working i mean i I know there's like there's that what biden's infrastructure plan that he wants to try to pass and some um, of those grants do go towards companies like ours that will start to work on that last leg uh, last last mile they call it uh, yeah connecting people mm-hmm. getting people good internet and but then there's other places where uh, there's already like a stranglehold on contracts and the for-profit companies don't want to build out into those areas that they control because it's not profitable even if they're getting a grant yeah. they'd rather just upgrade their existing infra- infrastructure and not spend it on last mile uh, it's pretty sad <laughs> Dude, but, I I know we face this same thing here, and well, actually, the past couple of years it's gotten better in terms of the the internet infrastructure. Yeah. Sorry about that. Hold on one second. Sure. All right. Sorry about that. Um. <laughs> So, all right. So we've had a lot of IT talk here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been a lot of IT, but I figured it was going to be something like this anyway. Um, yeah. Get two IT guys in a room. Um, <laughs> and so I've got some questions for you. Okay. And this is something a little bit new I'm doing in the podcast here because um, I never typically like ask like just list of questions and all that stuff but i figured i want to see people's reactions to it if they like it <laughs> get get, get sure. some answers and all that stuff um so all right you ready yeah put me on the spot all right all right what's the scariest animal scariest animal uh gosh i don't even know i'm not really like scared of of things like that like well, even, I mean, well, well, think about it. Like if you're alone in the woods, like what animal would you not want to see, or okay. something like that? So, here, here's one. I hate spider webs. I don't mind spiders. I hate spider webs because I know that if I walk into a spider web, the spider might be on me, and yeah. I don't want the spider on me. I want the spider to be <laughs> there. I want the spider to be there. I want the spider to be over there. I don't want the spider here. Or here, or, you know, crawling so, all over you. But okay, I think I know the answer. Okay, yeah, so I, I hate spider webs. But I like spiders. So they don't they don't scare me. Ticks scare the crap out of me. Ooh, yeah, Lyme disease. Because I had I had a buddy that I went to high school with. His 
both he, his two brothers, and his mom all had Lyme disease. That's crazy. All, all four of them, and they had to go to specialized hospitals to take care of it, and it was all because of what they think was... Uh, they never found the, the absolute, like, source of it. But all they could gather was they had a pond, and they would always have geese around that pond. Mm-hmm. And the geese can carry ticks and Lyme disease, and they think that somehow those ticks got on them. Oh god! How it was all four of them, nobody knows. But yeah, they they dealt with it for a long time, and and it all got taken care of. It got handled, but God, ticks scare the ever living crap out of me. Uh, uh, that, that, that a, is a worthy animal to be scared of. Went on a hike like three years ago with the. Uh, girlfriend at the time and um like went went there went on the hike who knows where one got on me but by the time i got back here there was one crawling on my leg i flipped oh damn i flipped oh i don't blame you yeah (laughs) all right yeah all right all right next one all right what's the best sandwich pastrami pastrami sandwich Ooh, those are good those are really good as as there was some discourse on deli sandwiches on Twitter, not, I remember that a couple but, weeks ago, a couple months, yeah, or a couple months, whoever long. Um, people are discussing like sandwiches, but which is the best sandwich? And you know, uh, yeah, I love pulled pork, and or you know, all sorts of things. Pastrami is the apex deli meat. It is really it is, good. It is the deli meat to end all deli meats, and it is my favorite. It's always when it's done well, it's always good. Okay. There's a place here just around the corner. They make their own pastrami and they brine that sucker Ooh. for 30 days. 30 days? 30 oh, days. damn. That sounds good. So it's it's a delicacy when they have it. They have it maybe like one weekend a month. And oh, does it sell it out like crazy? Best. Yeah. It is so good. Oh, I love man. pastrami so much. That sounds good. <laughs> all right. All right. What is your least favorite smell? Least favorite smell. Uh, yeah, that's got to go to vomit. Vomit, yeah. Yeah, so here, here's another little tangent. I Back in high school, I used to do a... I had a little job on the side. I was the lawn mowing boy at the city <laughs> wastewater treatment plant, a.k.a. the, the shit house. Oh, yeah. Um, oh yeah, they they so, do not smell nice. It's it was summertime. Ooh. There's the drying bed where all the waste is after it's Ooh, been removed yeah. from the sewage, and it has an odor, and I smelled that all the time. You know, I've been around that. I've been around skunk. I've been around all sorts of nasty smells, and nothing turns me off more than the smell of that that yeah that vomit smell. Oh damn! Yeah. Yeah kudos to you holy shit how, how long did you survive that job the I whole summer job, uh three years three summers damn yeah oh man including the summer where the summer t- 2003 uh july we had a huge flood and that place is not too far from oh, the river oh god oh so damn the majority of the yard flooded and a lot of that all floated out and was in various oh. areas of the the yard where i had to mow and so like it had to be sanitarily cleaned up before I could mow, so I didn't mow over. Oh, it. dude! 
But there was a solid month that I couldn't mow because there was still standing water from that flood. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. So on the flip side of that, what's your favorite smell? Favorite smell. Uh, I, I really like, I kind of gravitate between a couple things. So like when I go to the store and I buy like maybe like a little air freshener cartridge, I really love apple cinnamon. It's a good smell. It's a good smell. So I, I, I get that pretty often or, or some kind of uh, vanilla kind of, of, of smell. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, You get one song to listen to for the rest of your life. What is it? Just <laughs> one song and that's it. So can I, can I, answer, it, can I answer it like legitimately and jokingly? Sure. All right. So jokingly, I get knocked down, but I oh, get up again. God. Yeah. <laughs> drive myself crazy for the rest of my life and you know that that's gonna set me off anyway um i kind of want to say oh that is a tough one that is a really tough one um could be any song huh I'd probably have to go with like one of my, it has to be one of my favorite bands. So it's going to either be like Foo Fighters or, or Tool or Nine Inch Nails or Depeche Mode or something like that. Um, okay. I really, I really don't know. So you can't pick one, but you probably narrow it down to at least one band then. Yeah, I could, I could easily narrow it down to a, a, a one of my favorite bands. Or, or maybe yeah. Radiohead. Radiohead would be nice and, and. Yeah, it, it, it's hard picking just one song because like, like the choice that I probably make is probably some classical piece that's like you know an hour long, yeah. so I don't, so you don't hear the same thing over and over again, you know, because yeah. at least I, you, you could explore different parts of it. I could maybe say um, "Weird Fishes" by Radiohead. That's a nice, okay. pleasant song, and it's just, it's not over the top. It's not boring. It's just nice and it's it's good song. Okay, all right, our net pace to it. Our next one. What is one thing you own that you should really throw out? <laughs> That's an easy one. <laughs> so on the shelf behind me, uh, about yay, that little white thing right here. What is that little white thing? That is a little um, old medicine bottle that contains my baby teeth. Okay. <laughs> Usually it the parents at, have that. Why do you have it? It was at my parents' house, and when I bought my house and moved out, uh, I just took it with me. I oh, was like, okay. Yeah, that's still a fun little thing. Um, so there's that, and there's another little thing right next to it that has... Uh, so your baby teeth. <laughs> so you got my baby teeth still for some reason. I don't know. I, I just throw it away. But I, there's also a nickel that I swallowed and passed. That you still have? Yeah. Like, how, how old were you when that happened? Oh, like, maybe five or six. Okay. Okay. So, 30 years ago. That that, that, <laughs> that seems more interesting than the baby teeth. You know, yeah. like, okay. like, yeah, this came out of my butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, it's pretty, like it that. looks real cool, too. Because, you know, it, oh, it, it yeah, gets, like, funny. all uh, etched and everything from, yeah. It's an etched foil. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's awesome. Um, what's something people seem to misunderstand about you? Oh, shit. Oh. 
Good question. I, I think so. Th th this is a real talk kind of thing. I think people see my personality on, say, stream or Twitter or something, or even like uh, now in this conversation, um, and they think that I might be more confident than I am. And there's there's times where I can I like I feel confident, or maybe I I can express myself, especially even at like work. Mm -hmm. But um, I am more or less, like many other people in the world, a face of uh, mental health struggles. So I deal with a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression. I'm especially like right now going through a lot of stuff. And it's heavy. It's hard. It's tough. It weighs on you like no mm -hmm. other. And... I think a lot of people relate with that. They they put on their face as best as they can. And I think that a lot of folks see my personality that comes out on a stream. And that's not me faking anything, but it's definitely me putting forward a I'm not struggling kind of yeah, persona. Yeah. No, I know what so you mean. Yeah. I think, yeah, that that's one thing that people misunderstand a lot is that they don't necessarily know that I'm going through something uh, or, or struggling with things and and that's okay uh, it's okay yeah. to feel that way it's um <laughs> dude it's you know just the other day we had a network go live um and i was pretty confident that we were going to get it done um because on the surface seemed easy right mm -hmm. but um we failed at that and i since i was in charge of that like dude it was a big ego blow and so like the rest of the day oh. i was just down and out and you know and just i i couldn't even like couldn't even bring myself up or anything so and it's i feel like it's important to acknowledge that that you know oh absolutely it, it, it's like this so you know when i do these interviews similar it's like i have to prepare myself for it you know like i I've, it's become a lot easier over the years doing this oh, yeah. doing this five years now um but it's still same thing like i joke all the time to my boss like I really don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And yeah. You're trusting me with like all these networks. Yeah. And he's like, ha ha You're just, you're joking. So I'm like, ha oh, yeah, baby. I kind of am. No, I'm not. I really don't and know what the fuck I'm doing. I think that's been a, a good thing with my, my current supervisor. He's been with us for a year and a handful of months now. Um, he, he's been real down to earth with me about things. And I've been able to be real upfront and honest with him about, about things and, and keeping him in the loop about what I'm struggling with outside of work uh, on a personal That's level. Good. That's really good. And he's been very understanding about that stuff. And it's been, been pretty awesome to know that like, cause, cause I, I, some of the jobs I worked at, I dealt with, um, some pretty terrible management. Oh that, Yeah. <laughs> like we could probably even, get into some even, stories here but i, I know even exactly my last what you mean. one yeah like uh just emotionally abusive kind of stuff from from management and uh yep. like this he understand he understands and he knows that i struggle with that kind of stuff and there's still sort of like some some trauma from dealing with those people and he's like i don't want you to feel like that He's like, I, I want you to feel comfortable. I want you to feel like you're okay. I, if, I want you to let me know if you're stressed out and let me know what I can do to help you. Oh, dude, so, I know exactly what you mean. Because, like, any time... So, like, I have my manager, and then we have a director, then a VP above them. Because um, 
because we have like a really large IT organization. We have like three, 400 people in our IT department. Right. Yeah. And, and we've got like separated by teams and sections and all that. Um, so, so just the network team alone has like, I want to say between 20 to 30 people and all that stuff. Um, so, so, so there's my manager and then hit the director and it's like, dude, even though like my manager and director, are like some of the coolest people ever, like, like probably some of the best people I've ever worked with or worked under, it's like, and whenever my director needs something like calls me up or something, I still get that apprehensiveness. Like, fuck, what did I do? You yep. know, like, what did I fuck up? And right. I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm even though if I didn't do anything, you know, you're still like oh, yeah. shit, you know, because the, the first six months I was at this job, anytime that my boss walked in, who who is now my boss's boss, they kind of inserted the, the supervisor mm-hmm. in between. Anytime that he would walk into our office, my shoulders would do this just like they clench up because my previous boss, the guy before this that caused me so much mental trauma was this guy who would stand over your shoulder. He would have a contractor that he hired for like $200 an hour come and sit next to me to babysit me while I did my job. Uh, oh, damn. Was some larger task because Fuck that. The, guy, the guy that he used all the time before I started there and he was hiring me to replace him uh like both the contractor and my boss because this this guy was 68 years old and uh just a terrible person he'd call me into private meetings and he'd insult co-workers behind their backs drop the n-word twice in my presence very terrible person so every time that he would and the oh the biggest trigger is he would always clear his throat a certain way and i could hear it through our shared wall oh damn and anytime I hear somebody clear their throat like the way that he did, oh, it just sends shivers down my spine. Like it's bad. Like, uh, so like that that first whole like first whole half of the year that I was working at this job, I and I even let my my boss know I'm like, I'm still dealing with that because uh, fortunately the the guys at this company it's they're in the same space so they knew that guy. And my new, my current supervisor is from a different co-op. He knows that guy. They all know this guy's an asshole. <laughs> and so they, they're like, we understand. We know what you had to go through. We can't even imagine what we would do in that same situation. It's amazing that you even got through that for 11 yeah. months. <laughs> so, Dude. So <laughs> I, I've got something similar. So I, when I started a position in this one healthcare company, we I had this boss here and he was the so I was so I, I was originally hired as a help desk person. I, I was a network admin before we got laid off like during that whole 2007, 2008 recession yeah. and all that. Um and I and I had a kid coming the coming along the way and I'm like, I gotta yeah. get anything, right? Like I can't be on yeah. unemployment and all that and and my wife had to quit her job because the pregnancy was getting rough and Mm-hmm. Um, so I took this help desk job and like, you know, you know, it, it's good that I took it, but dude, th- this boss I had, he just, um, would control everything oh, yeah. would, um, would make like these drastic changes, not tell anyone come in and we'd get like doctors yelling at us and other oh, yeah. like internal employees. And we're just like, no idea what the fuck's going on. So, so one of the worst ones 
and and this is when I just got fed up and I'm surprised he didn't fire me on the spot or whatever because I was just like fuck that um, mm-hmm. he was working in exchange and deleted some mailboxes he didn't realize that when you delete mailbox it all deletes the AD account as well too um, yeah. and they were some very 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 important people's AD accounts that were deleted and yeah. so then he calls me into his office and he's like He's like, I really need your help, right? That, that's how it started. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna help you out, all right. I and I and I'll be honest, I don't, I didn't really know anything about Active Directory, but the the guy was in a bind, just like we, he had executives breathing down his neck. I'm like, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. let you out to dry, like, fuck, I'm like, you may be an asshole, but come on, that's so. So I was helping him out. I was researching like how to fix it, and like an hour goes by, and I guess. You know the top CEO or whatever was like just yelling at him. He comes out. He comes out in the help desk area, starts yelling at me in front of everybody. Like, how come you haven't fixed this yet? And I'm all like, Oh hell no, <laughs> bro. I'm like, Oh hell no. I get up, go go into his office, shut the door, and I'm like, You don't need to fucking yell at me like that. Like, uh uh-uh, uh, no. You're the one who fucked this up, not me. I'm trying to help you. All right. Yeah. And and he just got like, you know, tail like tail between his legs looking all and I'm oh dude, it pissed me off. But th- there was so much other shit too. There was a lot of racist shit and yep. um a lot of um dude a lot of some physical stuff too that happened and when he left, um, you know, the the, the atmosphere was immediately better. Mm-hmm. And um and then oh, yeah, so but- so so this company that I was that I was a part of, um, I still have to deal with them not not on like a daily basis or anything, but they got they got bought out by the company I work for right now. Yeah, and and so to to, to make things easier, this guy has now come back to this company. I don't have to in, he's like I don't have to interact with him or, or anything. Yeah, like like in terms of daily, but dude, when I saw him in the hallway. It was like that immediate feeling, like I want, oh, yeah. I want to punch you in the face. Punch you in the face. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want, I don't want to deal with you at all or anything. And there are like, um, we all have like a shared uh, regulations committee for electric co-ops in Indiana, and so there's mm-hmm. like uh, twice annual section meetings where all the IT people get together and do like panels and things like that. Yeah, hang out and and collaborate that's how I met the people that I work with uh, now because I met them from going to these events when I was at yeah. the, the previous co-op. And so um, after I started going to them at this new company and I'd see him there the first year, it was like, uh, it was a little nervous. The first, the first event. And then the second one, it was like, I was rubbing it in his face. Like, look at me being successful. Cause you're a jackass and you, you got, you fired me. You know, it's all your oh, fault God. for for not having me around. And you know, look 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 at all the cool things my company's doing now, and you're Good. not doing doing shit. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. Uh, it, oh man. Yeah, the 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 way that I ended up getting terminated from there is because uh, you wanted. So th- there's a a type of software called SCADA, and it's has to do with managing the equipment that's out at substations. It's yeah. very critical stuff. It's the stuff that, like, uh, years ago in the Ukraine, it wasn't secure. It got hacked, and people were <laughs> shutting down power grids all over oh, damn. the country. 
like that's bits, crazy it's critical stuff like even so like the stuff the there was like the water plants in florida not too long ago their control oh, system got hacked yeah yeah that's right that's right that's yeah. that's SCADA. like it's the oh damn data acquisition so um SCADA is a pretty important thing and there was a project where we were upgrading our system and uh i i created all the servers i set all that stuff up i was working with the vendor to get everything going and when it came to close to the point where we were ready to um roll it out he wanted me to make sure that the SCADA guy whose system this is didn't have access to it unless he went through it which is a huge no-no like okay you don't the guy who's going to doing this as yeah. his job all the time well my boss wanted control over everything so he had to make oh, sure God. that every yeah. department went through him or us to get access to anything no matter how little it was or even if it was like a, a an issue with the billing software instead of having the billing department call the vendor and talk to them and have them remote it and resolve it my boss would sit on the phone for three to four hours until they got it done. And that's all he'd do every day is sit on the phone with his legs kicked up. It's a on his waste desk. of time. It's a waste of salary. <laughs> yeah, that too. So, Man. Um, it, it came to that and I'm, I was just fed up with it. I'm like, this is wrong. So I went to the VP of engineering who is I, like, I was close with him and I, I was like, hey, I need, it was a day that my boss was out. I made sure it was a, a day where he wasn't in the office. And I'm like, hey, I need to talk to you about something. We went into his office and I just laid it out. I talked about all the things I had been dealing with with that guy. I talked about uh, all the things he was doing to control things. Mm -hmm. And he was fair, fairly aware of a lot of this stuff. But then when I came down to the part where I told him, he wants to lock your guy out of the SCADA system and not be able to do his job unless he came through us. He's like, that's not acceptable. He went to the CEO, the CEO went to my boss. And then the very next day after that talk from the CEO, everything changed. And within, uh, I think two weeks, um, he found some excuse to terminate me. God, that sucks. Yeah. But so it sounds like it was a blessing in disguise, though. Yeah, I I felt great after leaving there because I was like, I don't have to deal with this guy again. And when I filed for unemployment, they you know checked to make sure to see if the firing was a, a valid reason, and they're like, they have no, they have no bearing here. They they didn't have a reason. They never gave you warnings. They they checked into it, and they're like, yeah, this guy this guy's just full of it. So like I had no issues getting unemployment good. after that good yeah. fuck that guy <laughs> all right all right we got a few more questions here sure um what would you pick for your last meal last meal oh barbecue just like, any barbecue like pulled just a a platter of like pulled pork and ribs and maybe some barbecue chicken gotta have coleslaw gotta have barbecue baked beans probably with a little bit of bacon and pulled pork in it um mm -hmm. cornbread i love barbecue like you didn't mention I, the best meat brisket oh brisket that's like that's a given man yeah but you didn't mention it 
<laughs> it's like I would just take like a slab of brisket. Yeah. And it's like that's all I need. Brisket's <laughs> great. Um, pretty much like burnt ends and. Whenever you talk about like what are the what are the things that are like the the keys to your heart, and I'm like barbecue. <laughs> I don't even have to, I don't hesitate. I'm just like barbecue. <laughs> just just awesome. give me barbecue, and you got it. <laughs> so we've got this um this one lady. She's got a food truck. It, she's called Lori Q. Um, mm-hmm. and she makes some of the best barbecue in town, and all that stuff. So freaking good, and she. Yep. She's like our local little celebrity in town too, and she's um, fucking fucking love her. She's great. She's like she's like this short little lady too, like barely <laughs> barely five foot tall, and cooks like some mean ass barbecue. It's great. We've got a, a local place here called South Street South Street Smokehouse. It's on South Street. It's been around a long time. It's fantastic. Sounds good. I, I swing by there. I just got a pile of like, they they make their own so- like smoked sausage. They got yeah. Um, I get pulled pork. I get uh, sometimes I get the ribs. They got rib tips that are great Shit, too. You're making me hungry again. Like, like I, 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 I barbecue. I I, I made I, I made a pork loin and black beans and rice tonight, and like it was really oh. fucking good. Um, but shit, I'm getting hungry again. Like, <laughs> I hope you have leftovers. <laughs> oh yeah, we got leftovers. It's I don't want it again. I want uh, barbecue now. <laughs> the best part about both both of my brothers getting smokers. And then I go visit them, and it's like, oh, we're making smoked salmon tonight, or oh, we're making brisket, or we're making like nice. we're, get, we're getting ribs, and I'm like, I'm coming over for dinner. Right. <laughs> All right. Speaking of dinner, if you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would it be, and why? Hmm. Let's see. Dead or alive? You know. So I love music. And I think it would have to be, like, uh, Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails, and David Bowie. Um, okay. I'm not sure who the third would be, but I just I don't necessarily like have anything to contribute to the conversation. I just want to listen to them talk about music. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd probably have to be uh, who else? Um, Trying try to at least give you a third name. Um, could be another music person. You mentioned Nine Inch Nails. Why not Johnny Cash? Yeah, Johnny Cash would be good. Yeah, um, there, there's a little bit of crossover there too. Uh, another one would potentially be uh, Robert Fripp from um, King Crimson. Okay, he's a he's a very good guitar player. Not many people actually know him because uh, he's familiar. like. He's like the silent face. It's my my dad's favorite prog rock band from like the sixties and seventies. And okay. like he that was his like college. All he did was listen to King Crimson. So I got into him. I've actually seen King Crimson live three times. Wow, nice. Thanks to my dad. Uh so uh he he's a pretty silent dude. So I know mm-hmm. that he wouldn't he'd just kinda like sit back and just be listening and then like add in some kind of thing like out of, out of nowhere while while the, uh, the cool. other two talk i mean it'd be pretty cool so last question what motivates you to get up in the morning <laughs> yeah things motivate me to get up in the morning yeah <laughs> well something's gotta get you up in the morning uh well i think that 
I think the thing that motivates me the most to get up in the mornings, at least this, uh, in the past, you know, eight, nine years is my cat. So okay. I, I always had, I had my, my cat Cece. She's, she's up on the, uh, the paintings there. She, unfortunately, uh, I lost her last year, but I'm sorry to hear that. I've also got, uh, I saw another who, cat. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's my fork queen. Um, as she won, she got to the, uh, Oh, that's right. The MTG cat thing. Yeah. Of MTG cats. She's my little ginger princess who loves plastic forks from Chipotle. She has seven of them now. <laughs> uh, there's they're scattered all over the place. Like there's, there's one on the floor. There's, there's a couple in her bed and some of that in that bed. But, um, this entire interview, she's been sitting on this TV table next to me. Uh, I might be able to angle this down here. There oh, she is. there she is. So cute. And, and I'm surprised uh, none of my cats have come. Like, I've seen them come yeah. back and forth, but I'm, usually one of them always comes and just plops down right here in front of me. So she's been hanging out here next to me, purring and purring and purring and wanting my attention this whole time. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> she's, she's my main motivation for getting out of bed because I know that she needs her morning routine. Um, which is, uh, I have to get up, I have to come in here, I have to make sure that food bowl has food in it. Mm -hmm. I have to open this window so that she can look out during the day. <laughs> and I have to make sure that there's water too, uh, yeah. if, if it's low. Um, but then I have to give her like the morning scritches and whatnot, and yeah. uh, then say goodbye before I head out the door. So she's been especially supportive, especially... Um, through her and her, her her big sister through the beginning of the pandemic and then especially after i lost cc uh she's been very very loving and we've been uh bonding quite a bit since then oh, that's so, good that's good yeah she's very very special to me <laughs> so she's my that. she's my motivation for a lot of things anymore good <laughs> good no, yeah. so we are going on almost two hours here, and we have like not even touched magic. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, well, there's magic, isn't there? Something you're, uh, you're wearing a magic shirt. <laughs> yeah, I got my uh, my bolus shirt. Your nickel um, bolus. I've got my my bolus box here. Yes. Full of. Uh, I like I show these off on stream all the time because it's it's my collection of uh, various boluses. So I got like. I got the uh yeah oops, I, I saw go. the judge promo one yeah yeah there's the judge promo ravager these are and they're all foil if, if possible there's a the sheepy cutie cheap wave oh uh, yeah, 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 version. yeah. Mm -hmm. um and so then some of these are, are proxies too so we got mm -hmm. like uh dragon god we got uh some alk alters versions we got sdc here's the uh the japanese uh oh, foil that's so cool i um, love it and I've got like the stained glass and the ones with like the, the planeswalker stamp and whatnot. Um, got some some god pharaohs. There's you got the AMK. OG legends one. Uh, I don't have so I need to get legends yet. Um, I do have so I got the from the vault dragons. Mm -hmm. And I have uh, two from chronicle uh, not chronicles uh, time spiral. Yeah. So one is in uh, Japanese, and the other one is English. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Uh, proxy guy actually gifted me the the Jap. Uh, it's not Japanese. It's a. Uh, 
Korean, I think. Maybe. It might be Japanese. Well, if you show, 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 because I know Korean, um, or at least I used to know it. Let me, uh, I can still recognize the, the, the lettering. Back uh, there you go. No, that's not Korean. Yeah, so it must be the Japanese one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I got like that. Um, we have uh, the black sheep that we don't talk about because the deceiver is bad. <laughs> The, it's bad, but the, I like but I like its plus where it makes everybody <laughs> discard a card, right? Is that yeah. the one makes everyone discard? Yeah, the it's got the the whatever whatever the the a torment effect is. Yeah, like lose three life unless they sack a permanent or discard a card. Yeah, uh, and then I've the got, worst, of course, uh, me talking to Nickel Bullis on the phone. <laughs> oh, I like it. There, there's a dispute amongst our Bullis gang community of about who that little guy actually is, which one of us it actually is. But you say it's I'm you. always gonna say it's me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I that's... believe our our friend uh, Hobbs has the uh, or, some of the original like pre sketches for that art. In oh okay, uh, he, like he got that as a gift, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, he's really into the whole artist proof thing. Yeah, so I never yeah, really this... got into that. This box is where I keep I keep all those and I keep my any uh dual face cards whether they're modal or not. Mm -hmm. So um I started doing that a while back where uh whenever I build a deck that needs one of these cards, I get the checklist card or I put in a, Makes a sense, some yeah. kind of proxy. Especially when the the helper cards came out for uh Zendikar. So yeah. I got all the modal lands. And so I can just write those. Uh, I found so I, I started doing that where I got the helper cards and I try to promote it as much as possible because it's cost savings. You only mm -hmm. have to buy the card once for any deck in, in Commander. So you get your nice blinged out version like like Essica and it's it's beautiful like with the, the foiling and stuff. Uh, and that now you gorgeous. only need this one foil card. And then you can put it in as many decks as you want by using those helper cards. And you don't even have to write on the helper card. If you double sleeve, you uh, do your, your perfect fit and mm -hmm. use your marker on the perfect fit. And then you put that Makes in sleeve. Sense, yeah. You can still use the helper card later. So, yeah. Not, bad, not a bad way. Yeah, I'm, t I'm too lazy <laughs> to do that. It's I, I'll just buy another version <laughs> of the card. But then, but then again, I don't. I had to sell my magic collection for the whole house insurance thing. And so now it's mm -hmm. like, I have like nothing, but now any of the cards I buy, it's like, I'm super cheap in budget now. <laughs> it's yeah. just because they used to have such a big collection of like, just everything you can imagine. Now I'm just, I don't even have like evolving wilds, like spare evolving wilds. I, man, I, 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 tr I sold off some stuff, like some bulk and, and things that I didn't need anymore. And, uh, it, it was pretty great to get rid of stuff that I wasn't using and turn it into yeah. money that I could use for other things. Uh, and I think that's something that a lot of people need to do more often. A lot of people hold on to things. There's oh, nothing yeah. wrong with like yeah. blinging out decks. I mean, the the money I got for them selling that stuff pales in comparison to what I've got left in decks. Like they're decks that are more valuable than, than anything I got from that. But yeah, um, I know what you mean. 
I may, yeah, you make the mistake of sometimes like looking at the total value of all of your things combined, and then you're like, I can do so much more with this. Like, right, what? and, and <laughs> what, what's crazy is it's like, I know I didn't spend that much money on that deck, just seeing some of the prices of stuff. So so just like example, Sliver Queen, right? Sliver Queen's almost 500 bucks now at this point. I spent maybe little over 15 bucks on Sliver yeah. Queen. Uh, it's like, I could go sell that and buy like, I don't know. 2019 I think it was yeah fall 2019 there was a spur of the moment sale from Ben from SCG mm -hmm. where he's like one of those get these off my desk sales and it was he had seven copies near near mint copies of the judge promo Elishnorn and Phyrexian Okay. And at the time they were going for about 180, 190. He was selling for 160 just to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. I managed to nab one of those at 160. How much are they worth now? 460. Holy shit. God. So insane. it's just things like that. Or like the, the $35 Sarah Sanctum that I bought back in 2013 is three over $300 now. Oh, dude! Yeah, don't even get me started on my guy, my playset of Gaia's Cradle that I have. I bought them like one fifty a piece, yeah. and now they're like almost a thousand a piece. And and it's like I'm so tempted to sell them, but it's like I I use them in God. in my commander decks, but I'm also like I know if I sell them, I'm never ever gonna get them again. Yeah, yeah. could I could I get some cool proxy? Yeah, it probably won't feel the same though. Like, you know? yeah, I don't I don't have any dual lands. I don't have a single dual land because I didn't buy into him back when I could mm -hmm. have. And I don't have a guy's cradle. I there There's some some that I could easily get now, like, but some I, I just don't get out of, out of purpose, like, or out of principle. I, I don't have any... Yeah, you don't want to uh, spend that much money on, on that kind of shit. Now I know exactly what you mean. Uh, but, like, yeah, even, even some of the ones that didn't... Some just don't make sense. I have a... Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger pre-release promo. Mm -hmm. I traded for it was like forty dollars on release weekend or pre-release weekend, and I had some store credit. So I was like, "Hey, if anybody in the store pulls Ulamog, let me know. If you don't want it, I'll buy you forty dollars of whatever you want store credit, and you give it to me." Somebody took me up on the offer. I got it, and for the longest time, it was just right around that same price, like forty fifty dollars. It's two hundred and forty dollars now. A, a I mean, foil... it's such a. It, it took this long for people to realize it's a really good card. It's it's played in many formats and yeah, like it's, e it's even a really if it good gets card. even if it gets countered, you still get to exile two things. Mm -hmm. So so like even like the uh, and like I I had just bought one not long ago, like a non foil, and it was like thirty bucks, and the non foil is up to seventy five. Yeah, and I, I so, I've got a playset of them because I pulled them all when Battle for Zendikar was out. Um, yeah, and yeah, I think I have I have have them all in separate decks, but but yeah, yeah there's crazy. just so many of those things that have just gone up, and I think a lot of it is a combination of like the pandemic, like not having in person play. People are just buying things out because they can. The format exploding like or, crazy. Too. Yeah, commander exploding. Yeah, it's it's insane. even like 
I feel bad I, for I, new I, players that want to get into this mm-hmm. format. Like just some of the staples where you know you and I we bought them for like you know five ten bucks maybe, right? Now all the coffers. God, I don't even want to know. Needs a them. desperate reprint, but <laughs> uh, like I've got. I had six copies of it. One one was the F and M foil, and I needed a couple more. And I'm like, well, guess I'm not getting any more because I don't want to spend. At, at the time that I was looking at, I needed two more play sets of like Urborg coffers. Mm-hmm. So I needed two of each. It was seventy five twenty five. I was like, oh cool, okay. So like for these two cards, I got to drop a hundred bucks, uh, twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, I just talked to some friends that uh trade for proxies and i was like hey could you make me a cool cool looking one uh i already own six copies i think i can justify not running a real version 100 so, agree yep and and i i've kind of fell into this mantra like personal mantra i don't care what everybody else does if you need to proxy do whatever the heck you want but for me personally it's always like if i proxy a card i need to have one real copy of it in I, some yeah i i know form. what you mean yeah and, and that's I'm just my, my personal way of doing things yeah and even now it's kind of shifting into that uh, uh it's shifting away from that i have i have to have a copy to i have to have a copy unless it's reserve list and then i can just do whatever i want with it mm, it's not that's not the worst thing either yeah. <laughs> well, and, so, and there's so many of the content creators are making awesome proxies now, too, and, mm-hmm. and alters and all that stuff. It's uh, you mentioned Sheepy Wave. She makes friggin' awesome art mm-hmm. with it. I love yep. I, I love it. Um, that's that's how I have a, a foil uh, smothering tithe in my Bruna Enchantress or a Voltron deck. Yeah. Is I already had, I've got two smothering tithes that are actual foils. And I needed another copy of Smothering Tithe, and I wanted it in foil because that's one of my my one of my oldest remaining decks. It's that and, and Captain Sisse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to bling that deck out. And uh, Megan sent me a cool proxy she made, and I was like, "Sweet, that's perfect. I, it goes in the deck." And then I have my non-foil that I can stick in a diff- different deck. Yep. So that's awesome. now I need more of those, and they're all forty dollars a piece. <laughs> Uh, yeah. crazy all right man well it's getting past ten, two hours here and um i really enjoyed having you on it was great it was great a lot of fun hopefully if somebody's been listening this long they've enjoyed what we I've got, I've got, to say i've got some of my diehard listeners that will <laughs> listen regardless so and yeah th- th- they know how it goes it's there's some sometimes there's a lot of magic talk sometimes there's no magic talk yeah. and you know like like when i had hobbs on um I think we barely even touched magic. Like I, yeah. I, I was more interested in asking him about like what it's like to, you know, be a psychologist for military vets mm-hmm. <laughs> and all that stuff. So it, it, yeah. it happens. So, and, and, and I knew with you being in it, we were going to talk more it than anything. So oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 I knew that was going to happen. So it's okay. Um, so before we end it here, give any shout outs, where can people find you and all that good stuff? Um, so yeah, on Twitter you can find me at serif underscore six. Um, the easiest thing to do, go to links.sector6.net, and I'll I'll link that to you so you can put it in the description yeah, it, or whatever. Yeah, it'll be in the show um, notes. The 
that's my I, I used to use Linktree until I realized that I pay for uh, the Google admin console thing and I can just fire oh. up as many Google sites and subdomains as I want. So I'm like, yeah, I can just like not pay the six dollars a month and for for Linktree Pro and and just make my own. So uh, links.sector6.net has links to uh, my Twitter, my Twitch, Instagram, magic deck lists, my World of Warcraft characters, if you want to see those. Yeah, we didn't even uh, touch on World of Warcraft or, or really <laughs> even StarCraft. It's like, shit. Yeah. Sorry, man. It's like... That's all good. It, it, it would be like a four or five hour podcast it, at that point. <laughs> anybody that wants to can hit me up on Twitter about uh, about that stuff. But... I've also got links to my Discord, Patreon. Uh, I even got like an Amazon wish list. I, I put all that nice. stuff on there so that when somebody's like, "Hey, thanks for helping out with this thing. How how or how what what can I do to pay you?" And I'm like, "Here's my links. Get, what get me an RTX 3080. <laughs> good, <laughs> nice, 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 good meme. Yep. I actually uh, just got uh, another 3060 on the way nice. from EVGA's uh, notification queue, and that's uh uh going to i don't know if i should say exactly who. Uh, you it's don't have to somebody say somebody have already built a, a pc for their spouse so okay uh yeah um i have four more people in the queue after that because oh, i damn. can't get parts oh, I, I can get cpus i can't get gpus yeah i yeah no i i know the feeling I know the feeling man <laughs> Um, oh, and speaking of, I got my uh, new egg shuffle check mark. You weren't selected for the new egg <laughs> shuffle. Go f yourself. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll have all the links in the show notes below. Thank you again for coming on. Really appreciate yeah, it. For it was me. awesome. Um, and hope you have a good night. Yep. You too. <laughs> Hope you all really enjoyed that episode and thank you all for listening as usual. I do appreciate you all out there and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming me back. Um, really appreciate. It. I love that I'm back here um, podcasting. And it's like, this is what I really, really, really enjoy doing. It's like, I like streaming. Maybe not all the time, maybe just once in a while, but podcasting, this is, this is what I enjoy the most. So thank you all again for watching and listening, and I hope you all have a great night.